Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today, I am super excited about our conversation. I am too. We've got a guest with us. We do. Uh, she is one of my favorite people of all time. Her name is Tree, and I, I, she always jokes that that's not a reference to her height. No. But no. I would say it's a reference to her internal strength. She is no doubt about uh, it. She is a remarkable person. So I want to introduce her just really quick, and then talk about actually the, one of the reasons we're bringing her on, apart from her just above average wisdom, is also that uh, she just put out a brand new book, and we want to talk with her about it. So I'll also talk about the book a little bit. So Teresa Tree Beekman uh, has three decades of coaching experience at a variety of levels and has built championship pedigree with success at numerous stops. Since leaving the coaching ranks in 2015, however, she has traveled the country working with teams to improve their performance through culture for True North Sports and with us at Growing Leaders. Uh, she also have a, has a consulting company called Tree Roots Consulting. Uh, that's a really fantastic organization. She's also the author of this new workbook called Managing Your Culture. I want to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, if you've ever read a book about culture, you know uh, a lot of times they seek to explain this very complex sort of conflated topic by laying out examples of specific team cultures and all of those yeah. things. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But what she did, what Tree did in her new book, it's called Managing Your Culture. She published it in partnership with True North, North Sports. And what she does is she actually actually provides leader, leaders with a model to use, both in the creation and in the evaluation of their own authentic cultures. Uh, the concept of team culture, much like leadership, is not necessarily good or bad on its face. And so what she is able to do in managing your team culture is to begin to build leaders um, uh, with timeless components that exist within healthy teams and help them find ways to influence their own environments to create healthy, thriving, high-performing cultures. And I've just got to say, having gotten to get through into this book, there's so much wisdom in here, yeah. not just for managing a coaching team, you know, coaching a team, but for managing any group that you're gathering, because there's culture everywhere. So people I'm really excited about this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So Tree, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thank you both. You know how high, highly I think of both of you. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Well, we will not lack energy today. That is for sure. So... <laughs> Hey, Tree, I thought it would be fun to start by talking about how we first met. I was trying to remember where we first connected. You probably remember because your memory is so good. Talk about how we first met and how you got introduced to Growing Leaders. Funny story. So I was in Dallas, Texas at a, it was called Habitudes Intensive at yep. the time. And I was there because the wonderful Colleen Munson was, she had um, bought a package that included a ticket to a Habitudes Intensive. Um, she had gotten some Habitudes to use with the Western Michigan University volleyball team, and I was just starting to do some work with them. And she had to go on a recruiting trip. And so I went, she had me go in her stead. And I had already read your book, Artificial Maturity. Um, I, I kind of had just read that within the previous year, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, you're, you're speaking to me, Tim. And then um, we were in Dallas, Texas, and I got on the elevator, and you were going down to start the day. And I was like, hey, you're Dr. Elmore. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> like, and that was it. And then I went, and I sat in that two days, and I went, oh, my goodness, every coach in America absolutely needs to, to sit in on a Habitudes Intensive, which is, is now newly renamed. But 
that's the story. And oh, ever since, funny. I've been hanging out in your break room. Yeah, like, that's right. Put me on the team. And we've had fun. We have laughed a lot. Uh, well, we admire you as much as you've just suggested you admire us. So let's talk about this book, Managing Your Culture. Um, it's really based on your model for a healthy team culture, which looks like a three-pronged plug. So listeners, I know you're having to use your imagination, but the metaphor that Tree uses is like a is like a plug that plugs into an outlet, and there are three prongs because Tree believes there's three components that really make up culture. Would you first just describe that three-pronged uh, plug and how it works on a team, Tree? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. I, you know, I think that uh, the synergistic effect of culture, and, and I'll just say this, I think this model can, while I dive into the components and the healthy, you know, areas within each of the components in the book, culture, like leadership, isn't on its face necessarily good or bad, right? Like, yeah. you can have a really powerful culture in the wrong direction, just like you can have really good influential leaders that lead you in the wrong direction. So it could be good or bad. And but I think all cultures have these certain things. And I, I likened it to electricity because my late brother was an electrician. We actually sort of came up with this together, like right before he, he passed. And um, because he loved to teach about electricity and I love to talk to him about culture. And so this kind of was born out of that. Mm. And uh, basically what it is, is if you think about it as a leader, your job is to take the energy of the people, combine it and, and build a conduit so that it can it can power the the full team. So you know, Aristotle suggests we're greater than the sum of our parts. Mm -hmm. And so, when you plug a plug in, you're plugging it in for the electricity. In culture, you're plugging it in. That electricity is the energy of the people that mm. are on and that surround your team. So, with that plug, the first prong it's the hot prong. It's the prong that can shock you. It's also the prong that if it doesn't work, nothing else matters. Yeah. Right. And that's the that's the prong of connection. And so it's it's literally how your people connect with each other. But that's not it. I decided kind of as I was going through the process of, of creating the model and writing the book that it has to have two parts because I, I think that we could all probably agree we've been on teams where, where they connect really well, but they're not connected to the team's purpose. And, and so it's just a really great sewing circle at that point. It, it's cool. You're all friends. I'm really happy for you, but we're trying to do something great here. So um, that first top prong is connection, but it's connection between the people mm -hmm. and it's connecting those people to the purpose. And then that next prong, and it's the neutral prong, and don't be fooled by its name. If you take the neutral prong off of the plugs in your house, it's not going to work. So you still need it yeah. just because it's called the neutral prong. It's pretty important. And that's the behaviors. Yeah. So behaviors, it's just how you do things on and off the field of play in and out of your classroom you know, at the office or, or not at the office. It's just how your team behaves. It's the standards, it's the norms that, that come to be, that come to exist. It's not what you say you want them to behave like, it's what they actually behave like. Um, and then that is followed by that little round prong on the bottom of a, of a plug. Mm -hmm. It's the grounding prong. So it, it's not on all, it's not like on lamps per se, because the, all of the electricity, as Brent explained it to me, all of the electricity gets used. So you don't have any possible excess energy that needs to be grounded. Well, the grounding prong for culture is habits. So we have our brains are, are hardwired to work efficiently so they can conserve energy for more complex ideas. 
And so that's why if you drive a stick shift like I do, I don't think about it. It's just I have it. It's a habit for me to brush my teeth. I don't yeah. have to actively add it to my calendar, right? So, um, and and those habits can be good or bad in team culture as well. So if you are constantly finding a way to reward and deepen the good habits in your culture as you replace the bad habits, that will ground you so your culture can sustain over time. And finally, there's a rounding casing. And I know that it's not, you know, always round and plugs, but it works for the model. So just go with it, okay? okay. Um, it's... Uh, it's it's the feedback loop. And I think the nature and the tone and the timing and how you give feedback is literally the difference between good and great leaders, good and great coaches. Yeah. However, I think that too often it only goes in one direction. Mm. And I think the jig is up with Gen Z. If anything, they're requiring us to be better at hearing them out. And that doesn't mean getting consensus. You're still the one making the decisions. But we've got to be able to close that feedback loop and hear from our people because they want to be, in your words, Tim, they want to be a part of, of that which they help create, right? They want to help us create it. They want to participate in it. And so you got to close that feedback loop, and that keeps it all together, but it also keeps the corrosion off all of the prongs. Yeah, this is so, a, it's a great point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just got a yeah, quick no, question I was just for you. Say, so, so the better, like the more well, like, uh, organized and, um, you know, better that's all that, that all happens, the more the conduit can run efficiently from the energy, from the wall to the full team. I love that. Um, in fact, I love how this all fits together. I'm, I'm, I am a metaphor sort of guy, but um, I love how this all I fits together. I didn't know that, Tim. Yeah, I know. That's, that's weird. It's very shocking. So, <laughs> Tree, I'm thinking about our listeners right now. I think yep. some of them might be wondering, What's the difference between habits and behaviors? Would you say behaviors are our conscious actions and habits are our subconscious actions? Or what would you say is the difference? Exactly. I, I, well, I would say instead of subconscious, well, that could work. I would say automatic ah, because okay. our brains are constantly trying to turn our behaviors into habits to save energy for other com more complex processes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I'm thinking of all the different kinds of people that might be hearing this. Obviously, this works for a coach and a team, but um, it seems like the same model could apply to a classroom full of students led by a teacher or uh, staff uh, principals to, to teachers. Would you agree with that? It works in any environment you've seen? Oh, absolutely. 100%. In fact, I, I could see down the, you know, down the road trying to expand this into other industry mm -hmm. because I think, I think, Culture is a complex topic, and I, I, the reason that I think that models, and I know that you um, agree with me on this, models are so effective because of how our brains work. And yeah. so because coaching a team or creating a classroom experience or running a school or, or a business or any organization, I think it's a creative process. Even though you have metrics and you have black and white things and coaches have scoreboards, it is a creative process how each leader gets their group from point A to point B. And so because it's a creative process, uh, that's where I think that the power yeah. of the mental model lies. And yes, it could go, it could work for anybody. That's good. Tree, as we were talking recently, you had an insight about the things that often build positive connections on a team that were very difficult to come by in the last year because we were quarantined. You know, we were all in the middle of a pandemic. Can you talk about some of those and what advice would you give a coach or a teacher who's going back to school, who's going back to in-person about building healthy, healthy connections? How can we make that happen? 
Yeah, um, it's actually with a huge assist from Daniel Coyle, who is the author of yeah. The Culture Code. Yeah, I reference his book a lot, you know, in, in my book. And I, in the, about the middle of the pandemic, so it wasn't really post-pandemic, guys, but it was in the middle, it was several months into the pandemic, I was rereading it as I was writing this book. And I came across this list and I, it stopped me in my tracks because it was a list that includes consistent patterns of interaction that highly successful groups that he had studied had in common. And they were little moments that sent signals of safety. And they were things like close physical proximity, profuse amounts of eye contact, physical touch, um, high levels of mixing, lots of questions, intense active listening, humor and laughter. These were all things that I don't care how great your culture was going into the pandemic, these signals of safety were literally impossible to come by for all teams, all businesses, yeah. all classrooms, right? And so I, I thought, wow, this is going to be a thing. This is as we come back and we regather, we're going to have to be more intentional about those sending those signals of safety. And so that would be my advice is just be, it, it doesn't have to just be things off of this list, but it can be just looking for ways to assure people, your students, your student athletes, the people that you work with, that they're safe. And it might be like, I just, I, I have this image of myself, like, you know, you think of um, the Golden Gate Paradox and that yeah. safety net. Yeah. And, and I just think of like, I run around and I just look for ways, if I can sense that somebody might not feel safe, I just throw them a little safety net. Throw them a little safe. And I think I do this naturally, but I think that it, it's something that everybody can do with a little bit of practice and just some, some insight and in knowing how much we need it. Because we, we're coming off of scarcity. We're coming off of tribalism at, at a level we've never seen before. And then we also didn't have this connection among us. Yeah. Yeah. So as we regather, we need to make each other feel safer than, than we ever have. Yeah, I'm hearing you say, go extra on this one, because we yes. are coming back. And we're there's a little bit un, of unknowns and uncertainties when we come back. So I, I think we've even experienced that here. So I think you're spot on. So, yeah. um, Tree, you talked about behaviors being revealing of the culture that we have. Can you talk about some behaviors that are signs of maybe both positive or negative culture? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that when I go in and I'm working with teams, I think the outside eye is really powerful at being able to see these things. And I'll just, um, I'll give you a couple on either side. Like, okay, for instance, on the basketball court, if, if somebody gives up a turnover, turnover, does, do three, two or three people make it to half court hustling after that person? Or does everybody give up and just let that person have the fast break? Really good cultures that are high and have a high engagement level and they're connected. Um, you'll see those people hustle back down the court, even yeah. though there's no chance um, that yeah. they could that they could get the person. The other thing is um, a big one uh, that I always correct when I'm working with teams is side conversations or the meetings after the meetings or those knowing glances when somebody's talking. All of those things create a sense of distrust and there's so little that often they become ha negative habits within a culture yeah. that no one addresses because there's so little, right? But it's like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's toxic. Do we, do we feel safe? Another one is, do you feel safe? Everybody on the team, do they feel safe to speak up in a meeting or are there several meetings after the meetings? Do we talk to people or do we talk about them? 
Like those are all mm -hmm. behaviors that absolutely contribute to team performance, whatever the industry. No doubt about it. You know what? I'm picturing something in my mind. Years and years ago when I was in San Diego, I was attending a trial of a young man who was in the department I led. And I just wanted to be there for him. He was being tried. It wasn't a horrendous, violent crime, but he was, it was a crime. And I remember watching something that was moving to me. His father sat right next to him at the bent, at the table he was at. And when he was asked to stand for his sentencing, his dad stood up with him with his head bowed and his shoulders forward. And I was thinking, this dad is feeling with his son. He wasn't guilty, but it was all for one and one for all, just like that team, that basketball team you just described when there's a turnover given, but everybody's hustling back as if it happened to them. That is an yes. extraordinary team and extraordinary culture that you just can't, you can't build it overnight, but boy, do you want to build it. That's, that's huge. Well, it's the power. It's when two plus two equals one million, <laughs> but it could also, two plus two could equal negative one million. Yeah, right? that's I right. I love that yeah. story. That's yeah. a great story. Too. It's powerful. Well, it's a picture, isn't it? Okay, yeah. so Tree, last question, and I want you to really talk this over with me. Um, you had a recent experience with a team at a school that was facing some pretty big culture issues. I think that's safe to say. Without revealing the name of the school, could you share a little bit about what happened and how you were able to help that team see their way forward? Just just tell the story, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. This was one of the most, I, I should kind of preempt this by saying one of the most powerful parts of what I get to do now is just that um, idea when you hear someone say, I was going to leave coaching and now I feel reinvigorated because we need our coaches to stay in coaching more than ever because coaching, you know, and I've talked with you about this, uh, Tim, and this is, you know, from a, another mentor of mine, Celia Slater talks about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's the founder of Turner sports. Um, coaches are not professionally trained, nor are they licensed. Yeah, so yeah. it's the apprenticeship model. And when experienced coaches are leaving coaching, we have fewer you know, leaders, yeah. fewer masters to help our future coaching generation, right? And so this happened in this event. And this was, this is just a few months ago. So it was post-pandemic. I, I flew down to the school and the coach and I had talked a lot. And um, with our conversations, I sort of assumed that when I laid out the model, and I love that you asked this question because it gives people an idea of kind of how you can use the model. So um, I had the staff in with the team. And we had about a half an hour intro and then the staff left. Now, now please let's just realize how, how brave that is having somebody yeah. talk to your team without you. There's a lot of trust there. Right. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, he left and um, I'm talking to the players and I lay out the model just like I did earlier um, on this, on this episode. And I said, okay, I want you to start with, what is the biggest pain point? If you had to pick out one of those components, what do you all think is the biggest pain point? And I've spent several hours on the phone with this coach leading up to this. I've known this coach for a, uh, for a few years and I know his character. And so I fully expected them to say the connection problem. Like we're a hot mess yeah, tree. Yeah. Our connections messed up. It's, it's connection. And I'm not kidding. Before I even got the question out of my mouth, the last word wasn't out, and two players immediately and in unison said, our feedback loop is broken. It was like, mm. okay, well, I didn't expect that. Let's uh, you know, say more. 
and in Brene Brown's rumble language, I said, yep. say more. And I, you know, I just sat there and, and, and worked to understand. And what it was, was whenever maybe a drill was laid out and they didn't fully understand it when they were seeking to, you know, understand it more, there was, um, the way that the explanation was coming was coming from a place of defensiveness and, and it was, he was armored up and whatever. And then yeah. if they ever tried to give him feedback, even if he asked for it, there would be a lot of explanation. Right. And it just, just went on. And so we had a really good session. And then afterwards I go to do the hardest part of my job and giving the feedback to the coach and trying to dive into the, the, the depths of what, what's happening and uh much to his credit and i still he's my hero to this day for this because this is the bravest i've ever seen a coach be i'm talking to him about this and with candor um but you know with not brutal honesty but with candor i'm laying out you know this is what i'm finding and can you like do you see this like is this what you would have said i know we don't understand how people experience us but like and he said yeah i get it and he had this aha moment and i could see it and he said you know and I should say that he has an accent. So already um, yeah. he's in, not super clear in his speech and it's hard to understand him, especially for, for somebody who like, I'm from the Midwest. And so I can tend to be socially lazy when, when that's a thing. And, and so um, there's that already, but he said, when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment mm. and my, one of my children now is dealing with that same thing. And there was a lot of shame for him around not being understood. And so understanding that that shame then, and, and he said, he's like, any fight I've ever had with my wife has hundred percent been because she would say what too many times. And they talked about it that night. This was a two day thing. And, um, and she said, yeah, like if I say what more than twice, I know we're going to have a thing. And so it, it was just this really emotional night. And so wow. then it, it, we just kind of identified like, this is how important your story is. So the next day we come back and, and he talks to the team about it. And we have a, a real like fishbowl rumble, like a conflict between something that happened with his goalie and something that happened with it in front of the whole team. And it was intense. And I mean, by the end of that weekend, first of all, it was the most powerful event I've ever, I've ever been a part of to this date, at least. And I don't think we would get there if they didn't have something concrete to say, yeah, it's the feedback loop. Let's yeah, dive into yeah, that. Yeah. Right. It was you just gave, cool. You gave them a category. To, to talk about. Um, right. And, and that's what we need. We need those frameworks for our brains. So cool. How, how great that you were able, as a just kind of a consultant and cheerleader, to kind of nudge them in the right direction. That's just extraordinary. Yeah, because let's be honest, Tim, he did the hard work. I didn't have to do it. I was just like, here you go. And then he had to, like, walk the plank. And yeah, so did yeah. the players. And it was, that's the hard stuff. But, yeah, it was a... Uh, it, I mean, I've, I've been a part of some cool stuff, but I think that was that was maybe one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do and, and um, definitely, you know, cemented this is what I was here to do. Yeah, so true. And that's probably what keeps you going, doing what you Absolutely. do day in and day out. Tree, this is so rich. I'm always energized when I talk to you. Uh, it's just fun. And this is a great practical book, listeners, that if you're interested in deepening and making your culture more authentic, more workable, this is a tool that you could use. Um, I'll let Andrew talk more uh, just at the end. But Tree, thank you for being with us. I appreciate the time you've just invested. Oh, my gosh. You know how much, how highly I hold you both in esteem. So thank you so much for, for allowing me this platform today. You bet. 
Well, thank you so much, Tree. Thank you, Tim. That was an incredible conversation. I know we're only scratching the surface uh, of the great content that's in this book. And so uh, if this sounds interesting to you, maybe you're a coach looking for how to improve the culture of your team, or maybe you're working in any other kind of team, uh, this book, Managing Your Culture, would be a really great resource, not only for you to learn about this model, but it's actually got some really practical uh, worksheets and other forms you can fill out to kind of figure out how, how good is my my culture, how healthy is it, and what specifically do I need to work on? So if you want to pick up this book, it's called Managing Your Culture, go on over to truenorthsports.net and you'll be able to pick it up there. Uh, Tree is also, she has worked with us on our, our speaking team at Growing Leaders for many years. And so if you're interested in having Tree come and work either on your campus or with your team, uh, we would love to have you do that. You can head on over to growingleaders.com and look under our speaking events and find out more about her there. Uh, finally, uh, just a few final notes here. Uh, if you you would rate this podcast, give us five stars wherever you are. That gets the word out about uh, what we're doing here. So whether it's on iTunes or anywhere else, that that really helps us out a lot. Uh, if you found this helpful, please pass it along to somebody you know. Share it with a friend who you think may need to learn more or would want to learn more about uh, about culture. Uh, if you want to connect with us on social media, uh, you can find us at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, people you want us to interview, uh, subjects you want us to talk about, stories you find in the news that you think we might find interesting, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim and Tree, thank you so much again for leading us and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.